0: Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Chris. Welcome to the Doc Talk Podcast. Darren, how are you, man? Doing good. doing good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. Just another day in paradise. Today, we've got one of my favorite people, Mr. Kevin Nakata, with us. You. Kevin. What's, what's happening? going on, man? How are you?
1: Man, I'm just doing really good. I'm, real, I'm feeling like it's time to go fishing, but we're here doing a podcast.
0: I know. It's always know. time to go fishing. You know, we've been sitting here talking for, I feel like, two hours, and we just should just record that. It's been that four was... hours. I know. <laughs> That's not really? Yeah. Oh, boy. We should have recorded all of it. It would have been popular.
1: It would was... <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't have. <laughs> uh, well, we only, what, how many, how many uh, hours are we going to put into this?
0: How, mu- how long do you have?
1: I have uh, until 3.30. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have to be at my buddy's house at 3.30. <laughs> Let's do it. Awesome. Well, I mean, your resume is really, really long. So go. No, it's go. not.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you go. my resume. I've worked for uh, Hobie for nine years. I had my own business, Sea Samurai, for almost 11, 11 and a half years. I didn't do anything last year, so I don't count. Let's just say 10 years. And so, then, well,
2: wait a minute. What business? What kind of business was that of a
1: sea samurai? I was guiding on the kayak in La Jolla, specifically. Nice. And I made a good name for myself, and I put a lot of people on fish, and um, I had a lot of great memories. I've seen some amazing stuff, so feel blessed to have the opportunity. But I was a sole proprietorship for, for that long. Still am. Still have it. So well, so <laughs>
2: now that you're, you're, you've kind of put that to a side, right,
1: and now you're on to something else? I'm repping. So I used to work at Hobie, the corporate job, right. where I was told what my job was. Now I'm repping where I get to make somewhat of my own choices. I'm an independent rep. I get to represent uh, Savage Gear, War Baits, uh, Submission Fishing Company, and I hope it's for some more. But that's uh, my beginning right now. I've been doing it for three months, and honestly, I feel super blessed to be in that position. I've just gotten like phone calls about like today, honest, last night and today. About opportunities, and I'm super excited. And that's it's been awesome, a crazy 2022. And then I'm gonna guide at Cedros. So oh, um,
2: I can't wait to get on that subject. Cedros Island fishing charters. <laughs> You've been yes, so. I have.
1: And yeah. what a wonderful place, man! It's. Um, Man, if anyone has not been, I feel really just – I feel like they need to be – I don't want to see it, like, I feel bad for you, but, like, dang, dude. I dude, feel bad taking for taking
2: so long? <laughs> I feel so bad long. for them.
1: They, they have uh, maybe no idea what's going on, but, like, hopefully – you know, obviously with this – this what we're doing, hopefully we get to tell some people, but, man, they're missing out.
2: Yes. Yes, they are.
1: You got to tell me about your experiences, though. Like, I know you guys went last year, but, like, give me details.
0: For sure. Well, since we've opened the uh, Cedros bucket, um, you know, first time for Darren and I, we, um, it, it, the, the word that keeps popping up for me is magic. Magical. I think our experience was almost kind of the perfect experience to where, with it being our first time, we went in with sort of kind of, you know, we've heard from so many different people about what it's like, the type of fishing that you do, what kind of fish that you have. But it was almost like it was a step above that. And for us, I think what really made it, and we've talked about this in the past, was really kind of not only, you know, the fishing is stellar. It's awesome. But what really made it for us was actually the guys that we went with. It was yeah. actually a So real... who was
1: your list of guys?
0: So it was myself. Uh, I guess you would call charter chartermaster, whatever you want. Um, Darren, um, our good friend Steve Ricard from Tug of War Baits.
2: Also a CCA member.
0: Oh, yep. awesome. Yep. Also part of our uh, Inland Empire chapter. Oh. Yep. Um, who? Brian. Was? We had Brian Drasba, also from our Orange County chapter. Sweet. Um, yeah. Kind of turned into a, unco- you know, coincidentally a CCA trip. <laughs> um, and then we also had, um, from my background, um, on the boat that I kind of run and work on every now and then from Cobalt Sport Fishing, we had Ted Donald, who's the owner-operator. And Tim Leon, who's a deckhand, who I work with too, um, also and they're fishy with, guys, super fishy. Yeah. And I mean, all of us really. There was really no weak, you know, weak link in no, our team.
1: It was a, such a blast, such a and blast. you fished the pongas the whole time, the whole time, yeah, the whole
0: time, yeah. I mean, it, we were just talking. It, it's really almost like a tale of two days because we had two full days of fishing. One day we went to the south to the high point, went after the yellowtail. Yep caught a whole bunch of it that we basically just took the rest of the day going after the bass did going... you
1: get them in the morning when they were on top yep the yellows okay yeah. there you go got mine yep. right at the boat oh yeah watch... it's crazy how they right there. watch it <laughs> hit my my surface iron and take off oh my <laughs> right god right at the right boat. at the boat all the time there it's all crazy the like they don't have any fear no it's wild it was so awesome so what'd you yeah. get on a surface iron surface iron yeah big one got away Oh. Got away. I got. Were, I, got, I guess you weren't on the same boat then. No, well.
2: no. You know the both days we were there, we didn't fish on to, together. We were yeah. um, obviously you know how it works. We uh, split the group into two people, two different boats. Yep. And uh, both groups stayed with their prospective boat that they were on the first day, and Jeff fished with us the first day, and Jeff fished with you guys the second day. Is what it mm-hmm. was. Nice. Yeah. It man, hell of a time. Great. Ups.
0: Absolute savage of a I think I told Jeff way.
2: it was
1: pretty uh, spiritual. What I, told him. <laughs> I think that's what I told him.
0: Yeah. yeah well, was... wait
1: till you watch the new book of Boba Fett. Dude, no, that, is what that is. that is what that now. is. Come on, now. You're gonna yeah. have to watch that tonight. Yeah, but yeah, the the fishing down there, like you said, spiritual. Yes. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes! There well, was a. Con- I don't
2: know if you remember, but we were down at Dana Point. At one point before we went, we were down there for coastal social. Oh, Dana Landing, yeah, Dana Lan- yeah. for coastal social. Talking to you and Jeff. Oh yeah, yeah. and you, and you asked me what's your personal best up here as for a calico, and I said I think what two pounds, and you kind of chuckled and said, "Bring heavy line," <laughs> <laughs> and I did. Did you get your personal best? Uh, I think, three times, four times, oh, five times. Over? I think uh, we didn't have no scales, but I bet you it was
1: six, seven pounds. I
2: mean. It was wild. The bass fishing down there is phenomenal.
1: It makes things here in perspective. It makes things here look like child's play. Oh, (laughs) big time, big time! And it's funny too because talking to a few people, you know, you can catch big,
2: big bass down there. Right now, the record uh, California—I know California record. I don't know if it's world record. California record for calico bass was caught off of. Point Loma or La Jolla? I can't remember. But it was 19 pounds. No, 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 no. No, no way. No?
1: 14. 14 something. You think it was 14? Is it 15? It's 14, I thought. I think it's 14. Is it 14? 14 is a change. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking wrong then, but maybe it was 14. But yeah, thinking, is a big bass. Dude, that <laughs> but, uh, would be insane. Right? That would yeah. look like a grouper. Yeah. So actually, think, mostly they, they do so anyways. But,
2: I went down there with the hopes of... But yeah. It helps. I went down there with the hopes of catching... That big of a bass.
1: Oh, wait, a fifteen? Yes. Plus. Plus. Yes. Okay. I i mean, yes. Granted, they're there. They're there, but <laughs> dang, that's straight. high hopes, man. <laughs> I want to go big, go home, you know. Well, I like that.
2: <laughs> so come to find out, bigger bait, bigger fish.
1: You gotta use big baits, you gotta you use gonna. big bait. So now when you go down there, what are you gonna use though? I'm going to use 10-inch plus for Calicos. (laughs) Are you honestly going to dedicate time to a 10-inch plus? Oh, you have to. Because I will say that if you do that, you have a high likelihood of getting your 10. You have to. Mm -hmm. I've gone. I've played.
2: Now it's time to get serious.
1: Good. I think you should. When you go to that place, you should always be like, oh, like people have no clue, I think, because you just got to go with like, I'm going to catch a world record. I'm going to do something crazy. Like this is the place to do it.
2: So here's my thing. Is you asked, I'm going to do the time. You are going to be there. I'm going to be there for at least
1: 82 days at this point, and I'm well,
2: going to be on your trips. You're going to be on our trips, two of them. So, you, I, you I should book e- them. I can expect you to hold me to it. I I'm will going to be put there. the time in. I'll
1: be your. I will be your. What do you call it, honor system or whatever? The guy that you like. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the buddy system. I'll be your Calico Prayer Group. <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you go. Oh, that's
2: yeah, because yeah, we have two trips. Uh, July 10th through the 15th. And September something.
0: Yep. 9th through the 12th, right? Yep, exactly.
1: You guys don't understand how psyched I am
0: for the September one. You know, I've heard that before. Man. It's like if you wait later on in the season, I mean, you get some pelagics that go through and all that stuff, but September, I feel like that's prime bass season.
1: I honestly think both, but I'm more excited about the yellows. Well, mm-hmm. do you wouldn't? If wouldn't, you want to catch a 60 pound yellow, the later you go, I think, is better. And I think people don't even give it a chance in November, December, January, February. Dude, I've caught only my monsters up here in local waters during January, February, March, like above a 40-pound yellow consistently. Imagine what's down there in Cedros during that time. So
2: Mm. when we were leaving, the um, uh, Let's Talk Hookup guys were coming in behind us. Mm -hmm. And,
1: you know, we yeah, we caught some yellows. We are there for what? Three days, four days,
0: yeah,
2: four days, four days.
1: But a four day meaning that it goes from a Friday to Monday, right?
2: Correct. Okay. So we caught we caught some yellows there, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing like those guys caught. Those guys came in at a later date, you know, and and I don't know if conditions were just a little bit better. I mean, our conditions were astounding. It was great. Yeah.
1: But uh, they they put some yellows on the on the duck. Now I'll say there's definitely a timing thing. But you can't bank on that every time you go to sea. No, because it's so wild that place. Right, I've been there, and I was expecting a west wind, and all of a sudden it comes out the east. You're like, whoa! Time to change it up. We're totally gonna miss these fish. We have to find them in transit because there's no way you're gonna be able to nail it the first time. So you have to go and you basically bank beat until you hit one or see some action, and then you're boom, you're on. You know yellows. But if you don't go with the expectation of trying for your personal best, you're really missing. The main focus of Cedros, you have to go into it going, I'm in a special place. I'm going to be there with my special bait, whatever it may be. And I'm going to fish it as hard as possible. And I'm going to literally sleep soundly every night, seven hours, if you can get them <laughs> 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 because I need to be recharged and ready for the best fishing in SoCal. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Inshore wise, guaranteed the best fishery in SoCal right now. No one understands that. I'm I, well, sorry, not no one, but the people that have been going to Cedros know that. Mm-hmm. But the people that don't have never been. They are they are so missing out, and a lot of it goes into the politics behind what's happened there on the island. Right, right. No, no, no catching bait on the in between the trifecta. The islands there in the Bahia Tortuga. No, no catching of the commercial catching of bait, and then uh, obviously sport boats can't go there right now. So there's a lot of limitations on the amount of fish that have been pulled out of that water. Only locals can access it. Or only right. people that have residence on the island can access it. So it's great for the island, the people that live on the island, they can make good money right now. Tourism has never been bigger there. Like it's amazing mm. how much money is coming through no. that place.
2: Fishing fishing is the only tourism there, correct?
1: I mean, uh, yes, I mean there's, I mean, there's also there's... there's also the salt mine, the salt factory, oh, okay. but like Man, how much cooler is it to go and be a fishing guide out of that, you know, being, <laughs> like, growing up on the island all your life, you're a kid, and now you can go and be a fishing guide? And make money. And make money. So, you know, the guides that Cedro's Island Fishing Charters have, yes.
0: Best in, best in the business. They're Best in the business. Yep, That's got to be the dream job for someone, a local who's grown up in the island. I mean, all those guys over at Cedro's Island Fishing Charters, the guys that Jeff hires, I mean, he vets. Yes, like they're, they're they're top notch.
1: Yep. It's a cultural thing too. like they want to make sure everyone is part of the family. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're going to get the experience when you go down there. I can't say enough. Like I've been uh, to, since 2014, I think is when he first got the place. I've been there every since every year i seen him catch the world record broomtail grouper. I was right there. I filmed the whole thing. I gutted the, I cut the fish up. I saw this baby sea lion come out of its stomach. I don't know. I don't know if you heard that story. No, no, let's hear it. Man, nah, so. I didn't know that you were the one that filmed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was there. I, I told him, I don't try to take credit for very much, but like this one, I was like, I was very upfront with Jeff when I saw his fish. I'm like, that fish is over 100. At the time, it was 100 pounds, was the world record. It was actually caught on a charter boat. I don't, I don't remember who and which boat. I, I really should know that. Um, right. But I know it's a long-range boat. Someone's going to comment and blow me apart. But anyways, <laughs> um, a very long-standing record. I think it was 2008 was it, it was caught. I can probably do a bunch of research. Anyways, Jeff went out there and was just fishing regular for yellows And all of a sudden, he's sinking out his, his surface iron and retrieving it in. And boom get smoked for, I wasn't there at the time he got bit. I was there to follow up. I was like a mile and a half away fishing for a different spot on kayaks, on a kayaks, on kayaks,
2: on kayaks, a mile and a half away. Yeah. He was on a kayak
1: and and you ran over on your kayak. Yeah. I pedaled over. Actually, someone actually came to pick me up and take me over because I was like, I need to be over there right now Mm -hmm. and see this thing. Yeah, you do. And then I went over and I saw, I was so, so I pedaled up to the, to, um, uh, the, the boat and the guide pulls it out, and I go, "Oh my god, that's over a hundred pounds!" And Jeff was in disbelief, right? And I'm like, "That might oh, be." You
0: can see that in the pictures of him holding it.
1: Yes, he he was like, "Yeah, yeah. It, this thing was a monster."
0: Just to clarify, the world record is 108 pounds and nine ounces. That is Jeff Mariani. Yep,
1: officially on the IGFA world record website.
0: What yeah. was it? What was it
2: before? Does it show?
0: Uh, I'm still it, trying to find that.
1: I think it's 100.6. So he hundred pounds, six ounces. Yes, but he eclipsed it by almost 10%. Yeah. So that's a lot. In the world record world, <laughs> yeah. that's a big margin to, to fall through. Huge. And I'm sure there's bigger ones out there in other places. Like Panama has some giants, right? And uh, other places all up, up and down the coast. But uh, up and down this, from basically Baja and down, there's probably some giants. I'm not denying.
2: So I, have a, I have a question with this. When, so we're on Cedros Island. He catches a world record. Yep. Fish. How does it become a world record? How? Who?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so we made a call to. I made a call. I, I recorded everything. So uh, we did length measurements, as length should, measurements, yes. measurements on land. Obviously, got to be on land. Yep. Um, we did all this stuff, and then um, Jeff decided to get the scale, the only certified <laughs> scale in town, from the market. From the market, the superstar market. Of course he does. The only market in town. So he bought the thing, right? And he weighs it, and we go, oh, my God, it's 108 pounds. And this is on land. How long has it been out of water? I don't know. You know, like three hours. But, yeah, we weighed So it has the potential. It could have been. Bled. I'm sure it was bled, too. But who knows? Like, oh, my gosh. Who's? I mean, who's counting? It's 108 pounds. Well, so, no, I,
2: I, I know, know, but I'm just saying it as perspective. It could have been 113. It could have. I'm sure like it lost some at, other at, stuff too. But at 108 pounds, that's 10%.
1: It's 10%. If it was 113, it could have been. Oh my gosh. So he he did good. So we get the scale, he flies it back to certify it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, on the plane he brings it back. So he brings this like scale that's like almost three and a half feet square. So and then high too because it has a little meter on it. He didn't touch it. He just brought that scale. <laughs> no, no. So he he buys the scale. Yes, Sends it to the states after the we way and film it and everything. Yeah. Oh, after he weighed it. Yeah. Then got it certified. Well, the certification the certification came. We also made a phone call. So okay. we called the mainland and said we called the um, San Diego Marlin Club. And we said, hey, we've got this world record. We need to talk to an IGFA guy like, right now. He's like, oh, okay, I'll send you over. And they patched us in. And we're like, what do, we need to, what do we need to do? And we're like, well, you need to have the length, weight, record as much as you can. You need to have a certified scale. And we're like, okay, we've done everything. He's like, oh, really? Well, just keep the line and the lure. Just make sure that you can, we can also maybe have a line class record oh i didn't even think about that so i was like oh okay 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 so we saved the leader because that's the only thing you need in that you don't need to worry about the braid past so much of the leader right and then boom like three months later after filling out paperwork it arrived official igfa all tackle world record all tackle that's on a surface iron kicker 25 i don't remember a kicker 25 Kicker 25, this, this wow. world record. Just to show, maybe maybe it's not size anymore. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't <laughs> come with a big old bait anymore, man. Six inch of work. Maybe. <laughs> I think your chances of go getting a giant go certainly way up when you use a giant bait.
0: Yes, I think so, too. Oh, my goodness. That I mean, just talking about... Is this the first time you heard that story?
1: Yeah, first time. Yeah, have you ever seen the Jaws, the petrified Jaws? or Not the petrified, but the Jaws he kept from that thing? No, where are they at? He has them. He him? brought to the he brought to shows like Fred Hall show and all that stuff for a while. Oh, but so
2: he's got him here in the states. Yes, yes, house. no, no. He out. he.
1: I think he took him back for some reason. But man, you guys have seen like like Shark Jaws, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, so it's nothing in in Fear Factor compared to a Broomtail's mouth. It oh, looks like wow. It just no. it just looks vicious. There's just tiny little shark teeth, like pokey sand shark looking teeth all like a bass like you know how it has the padding yeah imagine all those but like almost a half inch long razor sharp pointy teeth that's what we're talking about all over I'm talking thousands wow it's gnarly it's that's just crazy. a sketchy looking thing so then while I'm gutting the thing or filming it it's somewhere living on his page on Instagram uh <laughs> Cedro's uh, that 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 you gotta check out his, his Instagram It's Cedro's Island fishing charters. Um, I pull out this petrified poop inside of its gut just to find out what this Petrified. Thing. Petrified. It's so hard, dude. It's like... you. It was almost probably a foot and a half long. It was just like stuck. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, it was stuck so bad, dude. It was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I was curious, you know? What else are you going to do? That's the biologist you coming out to Kevin. You have a world record, dude. What are you going to do? So You have to investigate. You have to. So I pulled this thing out, and like... I, for almost the six months, like it was nothing. Nothing came of whatever that moment was. Six months. The next, Fred Hall. I did some video editing. He had a promotional piece running that I did for him, and it, and he's looking there. You know, still a lot of time there sometimes at the show. At, you know, at the old show. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, man, he looks at it, he goes, "There's whiskers, a nose, and two eyes." And guess what? It was. It was a baby seal inside of that thing's guts no kidding yes a baby sea lion wow i I don't know how big the thing was but it probably wasn't too old no no yeah wow it was right there you could see the whole thing with the measurements how long was that uh i honestly don't remember okay does it say on the website let me look yeah i think there was probably i honestly don't remember i I can't tell you It, it was huge it was big enough it, to meet for me to go. Wow, that's over a hundred pounds. So imagine like seeing that and like guesstimating yeah, your yeah. length. I mean, the thing was giant. And then you and then the tail. It to put it in perspective, like you know, you have baking pans. Yeah, it was about that long and wide. An enormous, a baking sheet like for cookies. Yeah. Oh, well, it was a broom tail. Yeah, it was pretty enormous. It doesn't have any of the dimensions on there. I we know we took it. I just don't remember what it was. It's all recorded though somewhere.
0: All I'm getting on the IGFA website right now is just the weight.
1: I just want to say it's like 86 and inches in girth or something insane. And like, <laughs> I don't know how much long. I, I'm just guessing that's, like a lot of that's things. That's a right. lot of girth. Dude, it was, it was big. Yeah. Wow. I don't even think that thing was full. That's why I ate that little puny thing. I think it was kind of starving. Right. So imagine if it ate a, another puppy. <laughs> <laughs> It was a really cool moment to see that fish, though. I can only imagine. There's a lot of world records there, though. I'm not going to tell you all of them because I'm going to go get them with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know about that until we're there because yeah, I have secrets. That's us. That's us. I've I've probably caught uh, with a buddy you of mine. Hold on to those spots till July. <laughs> well, yes, yes, and they're for really inconspicuous fish, like things that people haven't caught there. But there's definitely, like in some mainstream fish here, but not down there kind right, of things. Right, right. I get you. I but there's you. some real big ones. I, so yep. I can't wait.
2: What's funny is uh people never, when you talk about Cedros, you hear about yellowtail and bass.
1: Yep. That's what their focus is on. Yeah, Most you, people. You
2: never hear about the rockfish.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you come down there, though, do you really want to go after rockfish? I guess some people do. Me personally, I wouldn't bring a first timer there for rockfish, right? No, no, because yeah. I mean, you would want to go. There's you have. What's your biggest whitefish? Have you ever seen like a ten pound whitefish? Uh, no, loaded. Right. I have pictures that the the whitefish you go to are bigger Catalina, than yellows. you go to
2: Catalina here, and you, you're trying to get down past the whitefish. They're giants <laughs> yeah. over there. It's you'd like to catch them, but I've seen pictures. They're on Jeff's what uh, Instagram of huge sheephead. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. big. Yeah. I was
0: just about to say the sheephead. I mean, you, on our who, trip, Ted was it Ted. T- Ted, actually, I have a picture you, on my
1: phone. It was huge. It How was, big? Show me a picture. Yeah.
0: Anyways, yeah, there's
1: tons of sheephead though. But the sheephead are at this. They're they're so healthy in the in the progression of their life cycle. Do you, they, there's actually two. In my opinion, if you want to talk about like fishery health, I think that's too healthy for sheephead. I think there needs to be a little bit. Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I think actually that's kind of an average-sized fish there. Right. To be honest with you, like what's that? Twelve pounds, probably. Yeah, but
2: you yeah, you'd catch much. that on a on a three-quarter day or a full day to Catalina. It's a giant here. That it's
1: a, it's a that's a lifetime catch for someone. Yeah. That, there's that, that's there's loaded jackpot there. fish. They're loaded down there. Yeah. So, but but. Caught it yeah. <laughs> they see they do that a lot down there, but they don't get pressure, right, you know. Right. So, yeah. and I'd like to keep it that way. I think you can overfish them for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and just I'm like cer- anything else. Certainly, I've been I've been. You know, I think I'm probably responsible for some of that. But I, I love that fish. But um, it's One of the best eating fish. <laughs> man, so good. People yeah. don't have no idea. If they say that tastes bad, I just laugh. I, don't, I say good. <laughs> give, give it to me. Well, good for me. I'll show good. you how to cook
0: it. Yeah. Oh, so you mentioned you're going to be down there for 82 days. So minimum. far. Minimum. So <laughs> <far. laughs> right now, yeah. I, I'm expecting that. I'm not even sure if... I mean, I'm really jealous. I want to be down there for 82 days. That's it's tough, though. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's tough to go fishing every day at cedrus yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna
2: say the the tough part is leaving your your girlfriend at home yes that
1: is the family part of it yeah she is pretty i told her about this and she's just like wow that's a lot of days out of the year gone (laughs) she's like i don't know if i'm okay with this i'm like well you kind of have to be okay with it because it's a professional choice i have to make right so at this point i've been made the in my opinion, are really uh, the biggest career move of my life. I would say that I am fulfilling a life uh destiny. I really do feel like I am fulfilling what I was here to be put on earth for and not just not just saying Cedros, I'm saying other things but like fishing in general. I w- I don't
0: really think I could do anything else. Let let's talk a little bit about Jeff. Okay. Jeff is an interesting Jeff Mariani. Dude. Yeah, Jeff Mariani. Cedar Island Fishing Charters. The owner. Uh, the owner. I swear, I think I can't remember who came up with the term on our trip, but he literally He's is Jesus. Jesus. Oh, whoa.
2: Yeah. So basically... <laughs> get here. No, so get here. It was Steve Ricard. It was okay. Steve Ricard.
1: You guys called him...
2: No, Steve did. <laughs> Steve goes... Steve looks up and goes, you're a carpenter oh, and a God. fisherman? You were literally
0: Jesus. <laughs> not... not- not to mention <laughs> multiple, wow multiple <laughs> occasions multiple occasions he would basically you know he goes and launches his panga on the on the launch ramp down there and then literally I saw him with my own eyes and a couple other guys did he literally got up out of the panga and went to the trunk went past the truck and then all of a sudden he started kissing oh, babies kissing babies <laughs> yeah No way. It was great. It yeah. was great.
2: I, dude, Jeff is such a great person. Yeah. J- just in general, dude, that guy is badass.
1: You want to talk about a junkie for fishing? Oh, my God. That's yeah. why he's been at Cedros for seven plus years now.
0: Yeah. Not not to mention. Maybe he more. loves that island. He the loves passion. the people. Yes. He loves, loves everything about it. He loves people. the nature. He loves yeah. the people.
1: He loves the culture he's immersed himself so far into it. You know, it's breaking his heart. He, he honestly, he won't be there as much as I will. And it's breaking mm-hmm. his heart, but, but realistically, but it's, it's going it, to be better. It's something that has to be after, done for his business though. Right? After he comes back when he's full speed, I'm not like, I'm not just, um, I'm not a substitute, right? I, no. I feel like I'm in, I'm going to do things differently as far as like the fishing, no different in the, um, in the uh, culture behind the operation. There's nothing going to be different. I just want to go there and put people on some serious giants. Not that Jeff hasn't. I want to put someone 60-pound yellowtail all the time. I think that's going to be gnarly to watch oh, that yeah. and film it. I want to see all that. And I know given some time, I'll have an opportunity to show some people that.
0: I think you're going to add – I mean you said it yourself, you're not going to replace Jeff nor no. would you want to. Mm-mm. But I think you're going to add your own personal twist. Because a little bit. You have, you have a little bit different intel – you fish a little bit differently than Jeff and all that. I think it's a golden opportunity, correct, right. to be honest.
1: We'll see how it goes. I know that after like uh, – it's been a long – I've been fishing that island, and I feel like I'm comfortable with it. I, I, I had this epiphany last year. I had, a, I had a different wind. I had a different set of weather conditions the second day, not the first day we flew in, and I had to redirect our fishing strategy immediately because mm-hmm. of conditions outgoing out the marina. I made a call because I could at that time with the captain that I, we had. And I said, we need to go somewhere else. And he, we had to take a shot. But wow, the learning curve immediately that day, substantial. I realized where the fish were going. I, tra- I tracked the migration the whole trip. I've, we were always on yellows every single day. we, we That's moved, awesome. We moved with the fish. And I know Jeff has talked about that, but I was so dialed in. I feel like I could re- replicate that now because of that moment. If I didn't have that that shift in weather, which would probably throw off a lot more people, I definitely don't think I'd feel as confident. But now that I've been there on some bad and good, I'm very comfortable going back there any day.
2: That's awesome. So just so you know, when you go with our group, we just want to put lines in the water catch, fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if, if whatever it is you want to do, you make the call. We're good with that. We, we just want to fish.
1: When I go there, um, so the, just to give you perspective on how I've operated there so far, I was given the chance last year by Jeff. Maybe it was a test. Maybe it wasn't. I feel like it was more of a friendship thing. I had the opportunity to go with clients without him. I missed him dearly because it was always awesome to have him, and we'd have a great time. But I was just with clients. It was this group of six, two kids, four um, other – actually, counting there – was, there was two sets of families – three one uh three dads three sons and i basically gave him the spiel of like what are your goals that's what when right. we're talking about on the plane what do you want to do like what are you coming here for what is your goal i want to catch wide open yellowtail perfect then we're going to focus in on that i want to catch and then after that i want to catch sheephead okay okay well, we'll go work on that. But you need to dedicate time to this. If you can't yeah, get away from definitely. the yellows, then you're going to have a very hard time dealing with going after sheephead because it's so dedicated. Like you, When you want something in, you want to target something, you really need to step back from the regular and going into something somewhat abnormal. So if you're going after a big calico, we talked about this. You've got to use a giant bait. Yes. You can't go there with a six-inch bait and expect to catch your, your fish of a lifetime. No, you no. got to up it. So I I'll tell people, honestly, I think that you should come with at least a 10 inch bait for a giant fish, a giant calico, specifically a calico bass above eight. You're probably going to need a fish, a 10 inch bait plus they can eat it. No problem. I would say if you want a really giant, um, after you catch that fish, you should you should probably <laughs> up your game to something really uncomfortable that you have no idea what you're gonna catch on it, and that would be like a 12 inch plus.
0: Okay, so on that note, swim baits and all that. What would you suggest on the hard bait side if you're fishing big baits, or you know what would uh-huh. you fish? Uh,
1: Jeff seemed to do pretty good with that SP minnow. The yeah. SP minnow, <laughs> I think, for him was so clutch. Um, Mm -hmm. it's very hard to remove yourself from a super clutch catching bait like that. However, since I've really been in touch with Savage Gear recently, and I've always fished the the Savage Gear products for like the last two years and been really dialed in on it. But this last year, I really put a lot of focus, especially since I started repping. Mm -hmm. Um, I really made it a point to tell him, Hey, you should try sticking to the max stick. Stick with it, because I fished it before uh, on my trip that I went. I had some amazing success on yellows um, and some giant calicos. I was fishing the 170, which was a little small, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. He fished the 210 and the 170 on the fast lane trip. Everyone pretty much got the personal bests. Really? Yes, above 30s. And it was lights out. So ever since then, that moment... I know he's fished it before, but this moment, it was like the light bulb was smoking, smoldering hot. And ever since then, he's been slaying it on the max tick. The 210, if you can get it, the 170 is great. For Cedros, I'm sure, I've caught fish on it locally. Not that I said I can't, I haven't spent other time doing other things. Like the Cole Sniper jerk bait's been a great bread and butter bait for me too. Mm -hmm. I'm just being honest with you. Like, that's a great bait. Yeah. Um... I just feel like if you want a giant fish, you've got to fish an eight and a half inch stick bait. Like it's a giant, it looks like a mackerel. It's the size, it's in profile compared to the SP 170, SP minnow 170, you're looking at like a quadruple the width and you're looking at a little bit longer too. It's like a, like an inch and a half, but the width of the, how broad that thing is, it looks, imagine a mackerel versus a sardine in your hand. Right. That's what we're talking about.
2: That's awesome
1: if you want a big fish, if you're coming to the Cedros and you're trying to catch a bit of a 40-pound yellow, there's only one bit lure I would recommend. as a Savage Gear Max Stick, the 210. Not the 170. The 210. The 210. If you want a big one, like, take a shot. You might not catch all the fish in the lake, in the, I almost said the lake, but you might, not, <laughs> you might not catch all the fish at Cedros, but you're going to catch a big one, or at least hook it. And you may not land it, but you're going to hook it, and you're going to be like, Dang, that's what we want. Oh yeah. Bring eighty sure. pound. Don't fish that thing on anything less than eighty pound. I know it sounds really overkill, but there's so much rocks there, and I there's. And I got sixty five on my reels right here. Well, that's the braid, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're fine. Just the just the leader. You got to have like a. I would. Say, it depends on the knot you use, but use six to ten foot leader. Okay. Mm-hmm. Max. Don't cool. use anything more than that because then you're not going to ha- cast very well.
0: Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. Just my opinion. Well, so okay, so also for some people that may know, if you've got the sixty-five pound braid, can you step up to an eighty-pound fluorocarbon, or you you're pretty much stuck at that level or below,
1: correct? The only thing you're gonna have to worry about is your connection. That's the weakest point. Yeah. Have you ever pull? Have you ever broken sixty-five pound test braid? No. Hey, do, can you recall any time you? It's so strong, <laughs> no. dude. No. It's got to be above a hundred pound strength. I, I'm yeah. so. I'm just. I'm. I am sold on the fact. It's not 65 pound. Mm-hmm. It's just we've gotten accustomed to it. True. There's no way it can be 65. It's got to be over 100. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. over 100.
2: It's 120. Is it? Mm-hmm. I,
1: I, you think so? I, I, think so? I would think so. I would
2: think so because I would think that that's how they do their braid is... Overkill. Double it. If it's 120, but, we're going to call it 60.
1: So the eventuality then in the, in the industry is it's got to be smaller, right? It's got to get thinner and it's got to equal the same amount of strength? Yeah. Someone's got to pull that trigger already. It's ridiculous. It is. It yeah. is very ridiculous. Yeah. I feel like I'm fishing like a 100-pound braid when I'm fishing 65. Like, I have no fear. Right. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah, like I exactly. just go. Like, 50-pound, I kind of go, okay. It's a weird jump yeah, right there. You, yeah.
2: 65-pound braid, 80-pound leader. You, you're good. You, you might as well have a steel leader on. I mean,
1: you might Pretty as well feel much. that way. I feel like that. Yeah. You could land That's a world record on that setup. If you're, if you're on a Ponga. Now, if you're on a big boat and you can't move around, like the boat physically moving right, around, right. you're in trouble. But, like, this place is good because you can go there with a ponga that's got three people on it if you have a six-man group. And you can move with the fish if you need to. Like, obviously, if it's like, dang, I'm getting my butt kicked, mm-hmm. got to go. Um, I think that someone this year is going to land up 60-plus. At Cedros. Yeah, Cedrus Island Fishing Charters.
2: That's going to happen July 10th through the 15th.
1: I, and I, I call my shot. I think it's going to be on a Mac Tech. You called your shot. Mac stick 210. Mac stick 210. I'm thinking there's going to be a 60 plus. I'm yeah. just
0: saying. I'll have them down there. So That's so weird because I was actually fishing that exact same setup in July. When do we go?
1: Wait, what? <laughs>
0: you're going to fish it, you're saying? Yeah. Oh, I I see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, think, I think there's going to be a week or two. Where there's gonna be a string of 60 pluses. Mm-hmm. I think there's just gonna be this wave of giants that comes in. Yeah, you say, yeah, I, I think there's 80 pounders swimming in that island. Possibly. It's not far from Guadalupe. And there's yeah. lots of big ones at Guadalupe. There's to catch 90s all the time. There, so. yep. well, there not was 90s a, all the time, but like 80s plus you know, quite was a, often.
0: Wasn't there an 83 pound yellowtail this caught year? on, I forget what boat? It may have been the Shogun. I wanna say Shogun. It, yeah, it, it was at uh, Guadalupe. At, at Guadalupe. Yeah. I saw the picture. I didn't even know that they got that big. Have you unreal. seen
1: this, uh, the California Yellowtail record? To Type it in. So, no. It's like
0: 93. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That
1: was at Guadalupe. Gua I wish. There was a 60 of La Jolla like a few years ago. Was it really? Yeah. I was on a squid bed like quite a few years ago. But, um, yeah, that's – someone's going to get a 60 this year. So, while he's
2: looking that up, right, when you fish La Jolla, you you go off the beach?
1: What do you mean? Fishing? Like yeah. launching kayak? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I fish off a boat too. I have a boat now. Well, no, so. I no, I know
2: uh, kayak specifically. You you launch a kayak off the beach.
1: Yes, so it's one of the few launch ramps in La Jolla or in California. You can launch a kayak off the beach. You can drive onto it.
0: I don't. I don't know if I can do that. I, you could. I don't know. You could do it. You could are do you, it. Are you thinking about bringing your kayak down, or are you? Just My personal. Eat? Yeah. No.
1: No, no, I don't need to. I mean, there's Jeff, so many down there. Jeff's got so Hobie's. Yeah, they're all rigged up with fish finder. Honestly, that's the one place I would tell you you don't need to worry about bringing equipment because there's so much good equipment, and you don't need yeah. to have an HDS seven. You don't. You don't need that. You just need to know depth, and you need to be happy. You're gonna have me, or you're gonna have someone from the lodge put you, or or your charter master put you on fish. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was taking rods down
2: there and he's like, Hey, he's all I've got this exact rod down there. You wanna leave yours here so we don't have to transport the Yeah, whatever. That's yep. Fine. And he had it. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean it's the operation's so clean now because he's ran it for so seamlessly for I would say, you know, five years it's been a really good run. That's the really clean runs. You know, I Dude, think there there was we got there, so we got
2: there. Actually, I'll, I'll even tell the story. It was our trip that caused
1: the plane from TJ back and forth. It was, really, it was our trip. Why? Why would you say that? What? What caused it? Because caused it's amazing. It. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you the story. And, and tell. Wait. So let me backtrack because because people need to know there was a difference in planes. So now, uh, so we used it, to drive down to Ensenada, Ensenada, yep, get
2: on the plane at the military base and fly over, which was a four and a half hour drive alone, basically, and then an hour yeah. flight from there. You were sucked a whole day, yes, yep, gone. So we go down to Fast Lane, we meet Jeff, we get all get on in the car, we go down, get our visas, cross the border, get in the pickup truck, and the other car that was following us,
1: we get pulled over. <laughs> on the Ensenada drive?
2: We get pulled over just before we go over the hill to get on Highway 1. Oh, my gosh. They pull myself <laughs> out. They pull myself out. Chris, you got pulled out?
0: Uh, I got pulled out the very last And the they pulled end. out
2: our buddy Steve Ricard. Uh-huh. What happened? <laughs> we get to where we – where was the place that he used to take us to eat? Uh...
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I forget the breakfast joint. So yeah. my
2: buddy Steve goes, hey, how much money did they take from you? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, they got me for a hundred. why I count my money. He goes, I go, they got me for hundred fifty. Whoa! The whole trip, Jeff was beating himself up, and I told, I said, Jeff, we've all heard the horror stories. Yeah, we've that, all there, heard there it. Them. Is don't do not beat yourself up. It's not your fault. It's nobody's fault.
1: That's honestly not that bad. It, 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 <laughs> no, it, it's yeah. not. They could have taken everything we had. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, but. From that point on, he was on the phone with Katie, find me a plane, find me a direct plane from here to TJ, because that's what I'm doing now.
1: Well, it's a blessing, and it really makes a difference, and it's amazing luxury. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a luxurious so experience, our and trip, it's very time conscious.
2: Our trip was the first trip to take the plane from the island straight into TJ to the
1: CBX. That was the first one. Last, last year. year. Wait, first one last year. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Wait a minute. Did I see you come back then? Because I was going, I took the plane down. Maybe. I don't know. No, no, no. I I definitely took the the first ride down. So if you, you took the
0: first ride. No, the first, well, hold on. When was that? I'll look it up. The first ride down was
1: the uh,
2: Let's Talk Hookup guys. Oh yeah they, yeah they yeah came yeah. In it us. was
1: fast lane. Okay, so you were the first plane ride back. 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 Yeah. He 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 took the other plane and said see you later. I was on the way down then. So we saw each other in, in transition maybe. No, cuz no. he would have oh. I thought so. Yeah. Cuz the people that landed well, No, it was Ron before me. I know yes. that for a fact. Oh yeah. So that was two
2: trips before. Okay. We were t- we were we were Supposed to go back on the plane that goes to Ensenada. You were after me. No. No? No. Oh, well. Anyways, we're splitting hairs yeah. here. <laughs> so we were supposed to go back to Ensenada and make the journey drive again. Yeah. But after we got, quote, unquote, ripped off, we flew from Some the island us. yeah, right into TJ to the CBX.
1: So I hope it never happens where you have to take that plane again. But I went on the plane down, and I had to do the Ensenada run back. I called Jeff after we crossed the border because I was there for four and a half hours from that in that in that uh, car. I said, "Jeff, I cannot do the Ensenada run again. <laughs> I am so done. <laughs> when it's, I could right. fly there for an hour so on it, a luxury was, like the most. It, it was a total no private charter plane. It, it, was, it was a amazing. total of a combination
2: Ooh. of things that happened last year." To cause it to go from TJ to the island People back have no idea how big of a deal that is, I feel
0: like. Yeah, it's, it's a some, huge deal. That, that plane is. is sweet. It is. Both it, of them.
1: It changes the trip. Um, so we, when I flew down, everyone was like in the craziest high spirits. They're like, wow. Oh, my God. This was a, going down, right? Because they was like, we're there. Yeah. And then, and then going back, to like, oh, my God. Okay, that was a cool trip, but dang. Yeah.
0: The so, end was so bad. Speaking of high spirits... Literally, we were, you know, the first plane came or whatever, and I swear you thought Jeff was animated while on on the water. Yeah, dude, this guy was jumping up and down about like a little kid about the plane. Yeah, and when we took off, like you know, when when you kind of can kind of see the airstrip still. Yeah, you could see him jumping, just celebrating. It was uh, the, unbelievable. The
2: takeoff story: we, our buddy Tim Leon, he's not a fan. Of, he's not a fan of flying so
1: we take off i and bet he wasn't a fan of that landing the, you know, the, the, the landing wasn't
2: bad remember, did he I, look I, out the window yeah it, it, was, no, <laughs> it was it was taken off so they taxied all the way down towards the water turned around and took off that way towards the mountains really yeah, i've never beca- seen that because of the wind okay okay so we take off huh. and every, all the instruments start flashing red and the little lady comes on terrain Terrain. Oh, oh, oh! Because you're flying straight at the mountain. Yeah, I, I look
1: at Tim, and Tim was white as a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is on the? Is it on the speaker system or whatever? Yeah. Oh, well, and yeah. the red lights are all gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's not like just, that, everyone. I well, swear. Well,
2: now, <laughs> yeah. Well, he and I were sitting right behind the pilot. It was me and then him on the bench seat of, of yes. that he played. And he, <laughs> I got, I, I got it recorded. I'll show you after this. It's funny
0: because it's all terrain terrain Love looking around I'm like we're still climbing we're good tim don't worry oh, yeah. <laughs> he's one of those guys who is like he's like he is, always has a, always has a smile on his face but like he's basically super nervous with a, a smile on his face and it, you could tell yeah you could tell he's like oh okay we're crashing <laughs> <laughs> the indiana jones moment when you're flying into the mountain exactly <laughs> oh my goodness i mean I can't wait for our trip. Go with big
1: stuff, man. Like, do yourself the justice of not bringing
0: small equipment. I'm glad you said this because I – like, I know our trip is, what, seven months away from right now. We're recording in January. But now it's like I've got a whole nother game plan in my mind on what I'm going to bring and what I'm not going to bring. Right.
1: There will be a lot of stuff down there too. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to make sure that the equipment that we use we're going to have back stock of.
0: I'm sure no. there's probably going to be plenty of mat sticks from Savage. Yep. Tons of Plen- mat
1: sticks. Tons of dragon tails. Uh, that's a soft plastic that we're mm-hmm. going use for Calico. That's going to be our bread and butter. I'm, I'm pretty sure. War baits heads. I was
0: going to say
2: plenty of war baits. War
1: baits heads. Um, there's going to be a to give it to Afrin.
2: Afrin's a great guy.
1: Yeah. He's fished the island, too. He's got broom tails and all sorts of stuff. He's a great... He The last crew, man, I've just... Man. I, I hope they still do their trip. We're going to see... Uh, I'll be there for you guys if you come. Um, but yeah, the... The best Afrin or the best war bait story I have is the white sea bass run over there. I've had with those. The, he made a lead head with a tuna hook in it. Shout out Afrin. Make the lead head with the tuna hook in it for white sea bass, please. Call it <laughs>
2: the Cedro Special. It is that special good. Special
1: request. <laughs> it's got this giant silver galvanized hook in it that's like a 10 odd tuna hook. I mean, it's a tuna hook, it's a, it's a Mustad, I think. It's, it's something giant. Man, you can horse a white sea bass through the kelp with that thing. It's beautiful. That's so, awesome. You I mean, all white plastic on there, you're good, you're golden. You're gonna get something big out of that. But yeah.
0: Well, since we're still talking about Cedros, the accommodations over there. Yep. I mean, it's just unreal you literally go down there and you feel like you're staying at your buddy's place.
1: It feels like that. I think so, you are. You know, yeah, I don't know literally. if you're feeling like that. You're if you're doing it. You're eating the fishy catch. Mm-hmm. Someone's you know gonna cook you the most amazing meal, and you're gonna sleep in an AC's best bedroom when it's hot, and you're gonna have you know basically your room to yourself if you get the two bedroom. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I got make the, sure you I rock got, paper scissors with that one. I got the, <laughs> so. the
2: single bedroom that was upstairs outside.
1: Oh yeah, the new you have the new spot. Yes, yeah, that's that cool. was awesome. Yeah, and the breakfast in the morning, man, yeah, it's oh. good. Sometimes you get machaka and sometimes you get the huevos ranchos, and sometimes it just depends on what Lulu's gonna make, but. Mm-hmm. Um, man, the we're bomb. Yep. Jamaica. If you get lucky enough to get the, um, we horchata, did, you know, great, but
2: we, we got the pineapple opinion. Oh, oh, Pina, Pina, oh Pina.
1: man.
0: Yep. Okay. So if say you're going to fly down tomorrow, mm-hmm. where's the first spot or where's the first, uh, because I mean, you could literally fish that Island in at least three days and not hit everything. Where, where are you going first? Uh, no,
1: depends on the fish. But yeah. everyone's going to want yellowtail on the first bat. I just mm-hmm. know it. Like, it's typical, you that's, know. That's the island. That's the island. It's yeah. it's the most amazing yellowtail fishery that we have, in my opinion. Aside from maybe, you know, Guadalupe is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think if you go there, you're going with an expectation of catching potentially the state record or world record, whatever the California record is. I mean, it's I, – I, I do think that oh, that place is oh, – Hold on. Is... You keep saying the California record. Is that
2: considered – Baja California still or? I think
1: it's a California yellowtail record so it's, it's okay basically yeah. like the, the because it's, yeah because there's different there's a different category in the rest of the world because there's kingfish in New Zealand yeah they get yeah. above 100 gotcha so or above 90 for sure I don't know about above 100 but I think it's above 100 though but yeah. they're totally different creatures and they eat bait that, I mean maybe they're not but they eat bait that's two feet well, long so don't they here in the states don't call them greenbacks in some places No, mossbacks. 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 Yeah, mossbacks is like the term for like a holdover um, yellowtail that stays around in the bite. Um, So
2: like what we get out of La Jolla.
1: Yeah, well, in the wintertime. Yeah. Yeah, mainly in the winter because everything is migratory outside of like the home guards, which is the mossback, whatever you want to call it. And those fish like 20, anywhere from like 50, maybe even less, like anything below 25, I would count as a migratory fish. Um, That move everywhere offshore and inshore and uh, and down in Baja and up the Channel Islands and down maybe even over. There's been like you know yellowtail caught in Alaska at some at some point like there has been there's records of it you know and uh, they're just everywhere and um, they're they're being they're they're in uh, Hawaii too at times like this last year they got a couple of them believe it or not and that's new so um, they're migratory they just go everywhere they can to make a living so they got to eat and mate, and that's it. The way they can do that, they're good. So they're very hardy fish. They can live in 50-degree 50 50 water, no problem, and eat whatever they can, red crab and squid, and they can go up to 80-degree water in Hawaii and eat opelu and um, whatever. that They have, like, little um, shrimp. They eat squid over there. I'm, I'm sure they have their healthy fill. Right. So
0: That's awesome. Well, I guess the moral of the story is big bait, big fish.
1: With anything you're trying to catch, a, if you're trying even in local waters, if you're trying to catch your biggest fish, the only way you're really going to nail down that biggest bigger fish is to use a bigger bait than what you caught the last fish on. Right, right. So that's well, the that's that's my opinion.
0: And that applies to not just cajuns and not just salt water and all that stuff. It kind of applies to freshwater apparently.
1: That is, I think this that's where it started. Mm-hmm. That's where the stigma of big bait, big fish started. You had guys fishing a trout imitation that was, you know, upwards of 14 inches for a bass that was one of two, maybe in that lake that was above a 19 pounder. How are you going to get that fish to be interested in a drop shot, robo worm in margarita mutilator color after it's seen it for a thousand hundred times? Like what is the point of that fish to take a shot on that kind of size without the benefit of gaining a substantial amount of energy from that from that movement it's not a good risk for that fish but if they see a trout and they see that it's a good opportunity i'm pretty sure they're going to go after that over a margarita mutilator worm not to right. say that there hasn't been giants caught on a robo worm i'm just saying the like everyone knows this i would assume by now but you use a big trout imitation bait or any kind of big bait like it could be a baby bass or a big bluegill or a bait you know a baby carp. Like there's all these different colors of things that they eat. Yeah, they are opportunistic. They might even eat turtles and ducks. Like there's all sorts of things they are they'll eat. There was a, um, from Aaron Martin's the late and great, uh, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. He made a living. I would not say a living, but a name for fishing the most incredible ways to catch big bass. One of them was he was fishing Havasu. And he was pitching a black jig into the into the toolies for bass that were eating baby birds on nests. He won a tournament like a Bassmaster event with that.
2: Wow, I've <laughs> I've seen the uh, the baby duck lures. Yeah, Tabachir Gear makes them. Yeah, I have one. You do? <laughs> yeah.
1: I think they eat them. I personally, I would rather. I, I'm not trying to say something about the product. I would rather. I'm more confident in something that for me, I go, yeah. No, you're yeah, right. Like a duck for me, I fish a duck. It was a, it's a nostalgia product, in my opinion. I'm I'm not trying to say anything about the product. Like, I want you guys to get, catch fish, right? So well,
2: you're gonna fish that duck where there's where there's ducks in the water. Yeah, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna fish it at Paris.
1: Maybe actually, uh, yeah. there's a lot of ducks that migrate there. That there's is a true. A lot of babies that get born there. That so is true. Maybe actually, but there's places it has a time. Well, if I tell someone, like, I've, I know trout are stocked in lakes, right? I know shad live in most lakes. I know bluegill are definitely born in all the lakes, and crappie exist in most lakes. If I tell someone to go fish a bait like that, they're going to fish it, actually, right? If I tell someone to fish a duck, how often are they going to actually throw that thing and stick with it all day? Never. Possibly. Most likely. So I want someone to catch a fish, but they have to spend the time with it. I've thrown a, an 8-inch swim bait for three months now straight. I haven't touched another bass lure yet. I literally have not thrown it. I've thrown it maybe – I've thrown an RTF bluegill just to look and see what it looks like in the water. I had just like two casts, and I was like, okay, that looks good. I'm going to get bit on that in summer. But I have no interest right now in catching any other freshwater bass on anything else but a trout swim bait just because it's awesome.
0: <laughs> that it's is awesome. true.
1: It's just fun. Like, I get to see the fish eat something that is, like, everyone goes, wow. Like, you get to see the reactions from people walking, and they're like, did you just catch something? Oh, oh, wait, that's your lure. You know, like, that's crazy to think (laughs) about, like, people think that. (laughs) So, yeah, it takes time. It takes a lot of dedication. But when it happens, you have an appreciation for the event that just occurred. And I think a lot of people give the fish not a lot of credit for making that wrong move or or yourself, like... You have to be an angler at a different level to get that bite. And it's not just saying, like, that's not giving myself props. It's giving other people that have spent a lot more time than me props. Right. There's people way more dialed in than me, a lot more. And it's impressive what they've learned in 20 years. Yeah, that is correct. It is amazing.
0: That's actually a really good point where, you know, especially when it's artificials and all that we were just kind of talking earlier where you know anyone could fish live bait anyone anyone, um, maybe not a live trout, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, but I mean whether it's fresh or salt water, basically you kind of have to have that interest in not necessarily the skill right off the bat, but that interest and that dedication to go out and spend some time fishing a new bait something that you're either not comfortable with have never fished before it takes t- time and dedication. Yep, for sure.
1: And and people, I, I think, in some podcasts cover this, right? Mm-hmm. Some people cover this of like, um, w- how do you get started in doing something like that? Or how do I gain confidence? It's the bottom line. How do I do it? Um, just do it. Just do it. Yes. It's the bottom line. If you're not doing it, you're you'll not, never know. you'll never know. People give up too quickly. I've seen people yep. go out to the lake. And I'm fishing the same lake. I spent hours on my spot and only get one or two bites in a day. But it took me three hours to get to. It's, I haven't made. I didn't make any moves. I just fished the same zone. It just. They have to be time. Happen to be time. Um. If you go to the lake and you're fishing a drop shot and you have a swim bait rod, that you're not swim bait fishing. You're you're drop shot fishing. You're you're bass fishing. If you want to catch a swim bait fish, you have to go to the lake with no other rod you literally have to force yourself. <laughs> you have to throw it for 10 hours. That's true. Yeah, I agree. On any given day. And then all of a sudden it happens and you're like, okay, that's all I want to do now. And
0: mm-hmm. It might
1: take you another 10, years, 10 hours, 20 hours, 100 hours before you get the next bite. But every time you start to do that, you learn more. You know, it, it didn't take me, I, I've been fishing big baits for a long time. I just didn't give it enough time, right? Right. I, would, I was inshore fishing for, you know, probably nine and a half, 10 years, 11 years, somewhere in there then I had this opportunity to reinvigorate my bass fishing because I had an incentive, monetary or whatever. Um, I wanted to show people what Savage Gear could do, and I think a great way to do that is to show the biggest dang bait that the bass would eat, that they would eat it. Like, how else are you going to prove that they make amazing lures without taking a shot on something that's, like, really unique as far as a technique? Yeah, okay, I want to go show a big bait getting eaten. I thought that would be interesting. And it does. It's like amazing. It's an amazing product. So well,
2: the whole swim bait culture thing, I think, is showing that too. That big baits are the way to go these days.
1: I, I actually think that they're, you're looking at two black and white. Not to give you just a shot, but like, <laughs> I think that you're missing another part of it, which is that there's so much value in trying something bigger than what you're comfortable with. I think that that's what the thing is. Is that People fish a five-inch lure, and they'll go, yeah, I'm going to catch a a fluke fish all day long, and I might catch a double-digit someday. When you go to a lake, when you throw a 10-inch fluke or a 7-inch fluke even, you're immediately upgrading your profile of yourself, which I think people don't have the confidence to do. And it may be a timing thing because not everyone has, like me, a job where I can go and basically promote the product I'm selling right? So it's an opportunity for me to take advantage of what I'm given. Um, I'm hopeful more people would take the shot to do it, but I would say like, you know, ratio wise, if you're giving someone a realistic ballpark, I'd say one in 10 days, one in 10 days. If you're not an avid swim bait fisherman, you're probably going to catch a fish. That's realistic. I
2: agree. I agree
1: with that. So a trout imitation lure. I'm not talking about anything else. I'm talking about specifically a trout Maybe a bluegill, but like one in 10 days is probably a good guesstimation of something that you're actually going to get a bite on if you're not an active fisherman, and that's probably most of your days in a year. So that's still pretty good. Like if you're catching Mm -hmm. a double digit in one in 10 days, like dang, you know, that's more than a whole lifetime of trying. Yeah, it is. Or less than a a, a lifetime of trying. That's awesome.
0: I mean, as of late, you've actually put in your time to a lot of the freshwater lake lakes, including, I mean, if you go on your Instagram right now, it's just all freshwater right now.
1: Yeah. And- I, 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 love big bait fishing Yeah, a lot. It's, it's addicting. <laughs> <laughs> when I, you get the bite, it's like,
0: dang, I could understand. Right. They
1: don't mess around, man. It's like, it's like getting bit by a big sea bass.
0: I was going to say, it's kind of like trophy hunting. It's trophy hunting. Trophy hunting. Mm-hmm. And I know that term gets used for big bluefin and all that, but mm-hmm. I mean, it could apply to the big bass. It could be, you know, it could apply to almost anything, yep. any species.
1: Yep. I think when you come down to Cedros, you'll see like the yellowtail upgrade. Mm-hmm. When you use a 210 and they're choking it, you'll be like, your eyes will open.
0: <laughs> the question, is there anything bigger than a 210? Not yeah. yet.
1: Not yet. Got to ask for that one.
0: Okay. I don't think
1: it's castable quite yet.
0: Oh, I see. So I 210 see.
1: is kind of borderline right now. You have to have a good rod. You have to have like an 8.4. I wouldn't use a 9. It's too much. I would go with like something under 8.6 and, and be able to comfortably cast it with a sizable reel. Tranks 500 right now. That's what I can recommend with 65 pounds. Straight. Huh. So we got to have Steve
2: build us an 8.4 rod for Cedros next year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get something beefy.
0: Can you bring a, can you bring something bigger than eight foot down there right now? You can, but the- I'm
1: just not recommending it. Mm-hmm. Imagine how much leverage you're not gonna have when you have a nine foot versus an eight and a half. Yeah. It's just that it's that much. Yeah. You don't need it. Like the the we were talking about it right now where you can cast and you get bit right at the boat. It's not like they're cast they're they can't eat it a hundred yards away, but you don't need to make a hundred yard cast here. Right. Or there, right. excuse me. But you know, you're not fighting with forty people on a boat. Yeah, so that's true. it's true. this is a special place to try with spe- to bring specialized equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going after your average fish. You're going after the serious one, the one that you're going to remember every day of your life.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember going and fishing the rocks um, around Punta Norte and all that in the little coves there. And I, I may have had like a, maybe a seven four seven six rod and all that, mm-hmm. more than enough power. One. Was that a
1: calico stick? Yeah. Oh, you're gonna need more than that. Yeah. You're definitely <laughs> gonna need more than that. You're gonna need to have a specialized rod made. I would I would agree. Don't go crazy, but like make sure you're prepared. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're coming with something that you can realistically pull a 50 pound yellowtail out of the kelp with. Oh. Realistically, crazy. like that's not a joke. That's like the expectation for me. So eight uh, four. Eight four is my preferred. I like a seeker tac eighty. That's like ADH. They made a rod that was just baller. I really enjoy it. I, I think you should um, definitely consider something beefy like that. Um, whatever your favorite rod brand is, something that's going to substantially hold on to, you know, if you would go after a 100-pound bluefin, and go after something like a rod like that, that's what I would use.
0: Hmm.
1: So. Interesting.
0: How um, often do you pull on yellowtail out of the kelp at Sea All the time. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's kelp everywhere. It's a It's a very healthy kelp uh, kelp um, uh, biosphere, whatever mm-hmm. you want, biome. Uh, it's, it's a very good, healthy place. Tons of kelp, bull kelp. Not mm-hmm. like the small, little, fragile stuff that's mostly dotting San mm-hmm. Diego. I'm talking beefy, like upper NorCal kind of beef. Don't mess around
0: with it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it
1: our second day there that we fished all that kelp, or was it the first day?
0: uh i think it was the first day when we went to the south yeah that's
1: that's still fragile stuff yeah there's some bigger ones down there though but you Mm -hmm. you actually won't necessarily need to worry about that it's the rocks you need to worry about down there that part of the island there's some scissor stuff down there with barnacles and probably abalone and all sorts of crazy stuff to get hung up on
2: how about uh the shipwreck you ever fish the shipwreck out out there
1: well, there you're talking about the on the um east side of the island? I
2: believe so. I I haven't Chester's. fished
1: I, yes. Uh I haven't fished Chesters yet of all the years I fished. Wow. I know. I've <laughs> fished that area. I haven't fished that. And I've had plenty of success not fishing there to know that that place is going to be wild when I do fish there. And I'll fish there. Are we going there in July? We could. I have to spend time. I'm going to have a lot of time between then, your trip, and the time I get there. Trust me, I'll have plenty of time (laughs) to worry about going somewhere. I'm more, for me, I'm excited about getting down there, not just for the yellows. Um, I know there's other stuff I could find. I have found. That is way, way more interesting for some other people that I'm really ex- excited. I am not. can't give any hints because someone else is going to find it between now and then. Right. No,
2: I don't expect you to give any hints.
1: But it, it, you'll see it. Like immediately when my first on my first few trips down there, if we do exploratory stuff, I've already been down there for the exploratory part of that right. that thing I'm talking about. But when you see it, like you guys are going to want to go do it. Oh. it. You will want to do That's it. fine. And me. it's Let's with go. way lighter equipment. Just giving you a hint. So Let's go. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. Way different, and I am th- really looking forward to it. Um, Jeff is is uh, he's very open to the idea of some new things. So, coming years, I think after I'm there for a, year, a good solid season, I think you're going to see some stuff that's just not even in the realm of possibility right now. Seriously, like mm. that's we're just talking about that's crazy good to hear. here, yeah, like a winter season, yeah. So, like a big time winter season. So, I hope Jeff's
0: listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I, we could probably talk at least a couple episodes, if not more, about Cedros. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's really an unreal. When we talk about it and all the stuff that we're saying and all the stuff that Kevin's saying, it's absolutely 100% true.
1: Go uh, do a, a show after your first trip.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, we'll do a show down there.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. We <laughs> will do one down there. Do it. Yeah, we will. Okay. That'd be cool. We'll have the same conversation seven months in the future. Is that how
1: many days? Or how many days? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's going to July, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, you guys got to come prepared. Um, Man, just, I would even, to be honest with you, I'd bring 100 pounds as well as as 80. (laughs) Bring one 100-pound setup. No, just bring leader. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bring a string of 100-pound a leader not you don't need to bring much just like oh yeah just Stitch in bugs. case i i mean yeah just in case <laughs> <laughs> it's not for calicos love, like come no, on no, but no, it's no. For, if they're out of stuff so the yellows mainly mm-hmm. but um yeah sea dress is gonna be